The autumn dusk had stained the sky with shadows, and orange oblongs traced the windows in my neighbor's homes as Jules de Grandin and I sat sipping Kaiser Schmarrn and coffee in the study after dinner. Mon Dieu, the little Frenchman sighed. I have the mal de pays, my friend. The little children run and play along the roadways in St. Cloud, and on the Ile de France the pastry cooks set up their booths. Corbleu, it takes the strength of character not to stop and buy those cakes of so much taste and fancy. The Napoleons, they are crisp and fragile as a coquette's promise. The eclairs filled with cool, sweet cream, and the cream puffs all aglow with cherries. Just to see them is to love life better. They... The shrilling of the doorbell startled me. The pressure on the button must have been that of one who leaned against it. Dr. Trowbridge, I must see him right away, a woman's voice demanded as Nora McGinnis, my household factotum, grudgingly responded to the hail. The doctor's office hours is over, ma'am, Nora answered frigidly. Half past nine to eleven in the morning and two to four in the afternoon is when he sees his patients. If it's an urgent case you have, there's lots of young doctors in the neighborhood, but Dr. Trowbridge... Is he here? the visitor demanded sharply. He is, and he's after digesting his dinner, and an elegant dinner it was, though I do say so as shouldn't, and he can't be disturbed. He'll see me all right. Tell him it's Nella Bentley, and I've got to talk to him. De Grandin raised an eyebrow eloquently. The fish at the aquarium have greater privacy than we, my friend, he murmured, but broke off as the visitor came clacking down the hall on high French heels and rushed into the study half a dozen paces in advance of my thoroughly disapproving and more than semi-scandalized Nora. Dr. Trowbridge, won't you help me? cried the girl as she fairly leaped across the study and flung her arms about my shoulders. I can't tell Dad or Mother. They wouldn't understand. So you're the only one... Oh, excuse me, I thought you were alone. Her face went crimson as she saw de Grandin standing by the fire. It's quite all right, my dear, I soothed, freeing myself from her almost hysterical clutch. This is Dr. de Grandin, with whom I've been associated many times. I'd be glad to have the benefit of his advice if you don't mind. She gave him her hand and a wan smile as I performed the introduction, but her eyes warmed quickly as he raised her fingers to his lips with a soft, Enchanté, mademoiselle. Women, animals, and children took instinctively to Jules de Grandin. Nella dropped her coat of silky shaven lamb and sank down on the study couch, her slim young figure molded in her knitted dress of coral rayon as revealingly as though she had been cased in plastic cellulose. She has long violet eyes and a long mouth, smooth dark hair parted in the middle, a small straight nose, and a small pointed chin. Every line of her is long, but definitely feminine. Breasts and hips and throat and legs all delicately curved without a hint of angularity. I've come to see you about Ned, she volunteered, as de Grandin lit her cigarette and she sent a nervous smoke stream gushing from between red, trembling lips. He's trying to run out on me. You mean Ned Minton? I asked, wondering what a middle-aged physician could prescribe for wandering Romeos. I certainly do mean Ned Minton she replied, and I mean business, too. The darn romantic fool. De Grandin's slender brows arched upward till they nearly met the beige-blonde hair that slanted sleekly backward from his forehead. Pardonnez-moi, he murmured. Did I understand you correctly, mademoiselle, your amoureux? 
How do you say him, sweetheart? Has shown a disposition toward unfaithfulness, yet you accuse him of romanticism? He's not unfaithful, that's the worst of it. He's as faithful as Tristan and the Chevalier Bayard, lumped together, sans peur et sans reproche, you know. Says we can't get married, cause... Just a minute, I interrupted as I felt my indignation mounting. Do you mean the miserable young puppy cheated and now wants to welch? Her blue eyes widened, and then the little laughter wrinkles formed around them. You dear old mid-Victorian, she broke in. No, he ain't done wrong by Arnell, and I'm not asking you to take your shotgun down and force him to make me an honest woman. Suppose we start at the beginning. Well, then we'll get things straight. 